0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings
1: from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN2. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always join the conversation on the call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Harry, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest kicks off 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN. Are you a hot dog eating contest kind of guy?
3: I'm not even a hot dog guy, so um, I don't like hot dogs. My, my guy, Pat Costello, he loves hot dogs. He eat them just about every holiday. I don't know why uh this day every holiday uh,
2: hold on pat every hot like no. thanksgiving you're firing up hot dogs on I'm the being grill?
1: slandered over here by <laughs> harry douglas this is ridiculous no i eat them in the summer during like memorial day and fourth of july and stuff like that that
3: normal the hot, appropriate dog hot dog <laughs> holidays yeah.
2: well we were talking about food earlier in the show and by the way happy july 4th america hopefully you're Waking up with us and getting ready to fire up that grill here pretty soon. We were talking earlier in the show about July 4th food, and I said to me July 4th is, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm not even a hot dog girl either, Harry Douglas, but hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill, like those sorts of things are July 4th. You're all fancy over there with your menu.
3: I'm trying to tell y'all, man, growing up, I have never eaten hamburgers and hot dogs at cookouts. My parents have never cooked that. So that is foreign to me. (laughs) <laughs> That's just for I've always had like ribs, chicken, collard lobster greens, tails. mac and cheese. Well, not, well, not growing, up. Well, like growing up. We ain't money like that growing up. We ain't have lobster tails growing up, but I got money now. So, you know, little lobster tails on. <laughs> I'm cooking them <laughs> today. I was
2: going hey. to say, you grew up in a, a slightly different world than the rest of us with the <laughs> lobster tails on the grill at five years old instead of hot dogs. So, I think you're missing out uh not eating hamburgers and hot dogs for July 4th. However,. The hot dog eating contest, like, it's on ESPN, so, like, big ups, obviously, go watch it ESPN, we're all fam here. But I I gotta be honest, like, eating contest generally, I I can't do it. I I just, I can't do it, Harry.
3: It makes me feel bloated just looking at them stuff all those hot dogs down their throats. Like, it's it's just, I don't know. I will probably watch it, but... I'm probably, like, I'm not a fan.
2: I mean, I've watched it many a times, but I normally regret watching it.
1: I will go as far as to say it, it is the most impressive athletic event of the year. The fact well, that it, these athletic? men
4: can, Yes. Well,
2: it is also hot dogs because into their
1: stomach is just unbelievable.
2: Well, I think the most impressive component of it is that somehow they're trim and they don't look like people that you could fit eighty hot dogs. It, like it's bizarre. It, it's a bizarre. I just always want to know how do you know that you have that talent? Like at what point in life does it hit you where you're like this? This is what I could do. I could consume eighty hot dogs in three minutes, or whatever the heck oh, it is would, that they do at the Nathan's up. hot dog eating contest. Wait, wait,
0: wait, are we okay with them dumping the bread
2: in? No, the water? It, that's so like, gross, but oh, it's yeah. necessary. Oh yes, yeah. like, soggy bread. Some of them use ice so, tea. Oh, it's so nasty. You have oh. to dunk it because you can't have the bread all, you know, clogging you up and whatever. So like, you got to make it wet to even get it. Oh okay. okay. All right. Anyways, all of this being Just said, mad. go watch the non- Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on ESPN, 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. And happy birthday, America. We have been talking a lot about Kevin Durant, potential trade destinations on today's show. If you missed any of it, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We have unpacked the Golden State Warriors as a potential destination. Harry, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's talk about the two teams, though, right now that were actually on KD's list. We know that he apparently wants to go to either the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. He gave Brooklyn a very, very short list. Brooklyn doesn't have to listen to him, but I feel like he made it so short, Harry, because he's really trying to target these destinations. And even though they don't have to listen to him, we never see them not listen, right, to the super, super, mega superstar player. And, of course, one of the reasons for that is who's trading for the guy who's going to come to your team and be disgruntled and not want to play or something like that. I mean, these guys do exercise a lot of power in the NBA, but contractually speaking, the Nets could send them wherever they get the best deal. but. One of those spots that they might get the best deal from is, frankly, the Phoenix Suns, a team mm-hmm. on the list for KD. They have Ayton, they have Mikael Bridges, they have Cam Johnson. They have first-round picks as well that they could trade away in a package deal. It does look like a deal that the Brooklyn Nets might be interested in.
3: Yeah, and one person that they cannot get in return is Devin Booker, and that's because of Ben Simmons and... Um, I think his rookie max th- uh, situation that's going on there. And then you look at Devin Booker, who, who, who's on, um, I don't know if he's on his rookie max deal. I don't know the, techno, the, te- the technicalities of it all. Well, there's a
2: bunch of, of technicalities, all. but also you wouldn't give away Devin Booker because that's the other cornerstone, right? Like you need KD and Booker together. That's, that's the other reason. But yeah, there's all these technicalities. We'll get to it in a second. It also affects the Miami Heat. It affects both of his trade destinations. Exactly. It's when you're on like that rookie max extension.
3: Exactly. And then you look at Mikael Bridges, a guy who – a two-way player, a guy that can score the basketball and defend very well. You look at Cam Johnson, uh, a guy who came uh, – who, who's come along a long ways in the NBA in a few years that he's been in there. I think injury stopped him from really performing the way he wanted to perform this year because before his injury – he balled out. You have a Cameron Payne. You have a Tory Craig. You have all kinds of things in pieces. And then draft picks and probably money you can throw in as well with the Phoenix Suns. But imagine Kevin Durant with a Devin Booker, a guy who can score at will and just a natural born scorer, a sharp shooter to go along with Katie and then Chris Paul getting, getting those guys the ball in their sweet spots. That would be a thing to see in another team in the West, I think, that will contend for a title. It's not like the Phoenix Suns wasn't a good team in the last few years, especially with Chris Paul coming coming over. Uh, They had the number one seed last year. They made the NBA Finals a year before, but they just need that piece to get them over the hump. Kevin Durant may be that piece. Now, the Western Conference is going to be stacked this year, so I'm not just going to say, okay, if Kevin Durant went to the Phoenix Suns, they're going to go to the NBA Finals. You still have the Golden State Warriors. You still have the Los Angeles Clippers. And then if Kyrie Irving goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, you still have them as well to tap on to Memphis and uh, the, the, the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves and what they did in free agency. Uh, via trade, so you still have a lot, of, a lot of teams in the Western Conference that can make noise, but your chances increase if you're the Phoenix Suns if you have Kevin Durant on your roster.
2: Well, and maybe Brooklyn would let Katie out of its conference as well, so they don't have to face him like that. But I don't know if that matters as much when you're blowing up the whole team and and going through what appears like it's going to be probably a rebuild for Brooklyn coming off of these trades, assuming that they're trading away Kyrie as well, and maybe even Ben Simmons. One thing that we failed to mention when we talked about the Warriors as a potential destination for Kevin Durant is that maybe part of their interest would be that the Warriors would want to do everything in its power to not let Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. There's also other teams in the West that might be motivated to do everything in their power to ensure Kevin Durant doesn't go to the Phoenix Suns because as stacked as you just said that conference is, let's not, I mean, let's not pretend like the Suns wouldn't automatically be the favorites. We're talking about the one seed from last season. Yes, they underperformed in the playoffs. Nobody expects they would underperform in the playoffs if they had Kevin Durant on that roster and didn't have to give up Booker or CP3 in order to get him. So that would be a very scary team. Of course, there's a lot of teams in the West who might want to avoid that scenario and maybe because of that, they get involved in we're looking at a three-team trade with something like a Miami Heat. Hey, let's go ahead and do what we can to facilitate this issue with Bam because the heat cannot trade away bam straight up to brooklyn because of that aforementioned issue you just mentioned with the rookie extension so a miami heat deal would have to look if it was straight up something like this you'd throw in tyler hero kyle lowry max streuss probably gabe vincent and a couple first round picks trade those away for that package what do you think of the miami heat as a potential destination
3: well, it's something they actually needed. You look at the Eastern Conference Finals, so what, what was the, the dark cloud hanging over the head, scoring the basketball in offense. So now you don't have to rely on a Jimmy Butler to get it done every night at the level that they were requiring him to do it in the NBA playoffs this year. Now you have a guy in Kevin Durant, if he goes down to Miami, that you can rely and lean on, now Jimmy can be that, that number two guy and be a great, a, a great, uh, I'll say counterpart to Kevin Durant. And then you still have Bam out of Bayou, who I think needs to step it up more because I don't think in the playoffs he's it up to the level that I thought he should, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's had that one game where he balled out and then he was non-existent the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. But you add those, you put those three together and then you put little pieces around them and I think they'll be fine. Also, when you add a guy like Kevin Durant to any team that, you, that, that you're going to have is that you don't necessarily worry about depth, and here's why. When you have three guys that you can basically count on offensively, um, you can have two of those guys on the floor at one time while one of, one of them gets, gets rest. That's why you don't necessarily worry about depth so much, and then Kevin Durant is a top two, top three player in the world right now, so he, he instantly gives you an opportunity to, to be better.
2: Absolutely, Kevin Durant gives any team that he ends up going to an opportunity to be instantly better. Those two teams that we just mentioned coming off of one seed this past season, of course, the Miami Heat getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he seems like the piece, of course, that would get both of those teams over the hump. It's not quite the same as joining the 72 Warriors team, but let's not uh, mistake the fact that KD clearly wants to go to a contender because both of those teams are and should have been in the KD of Phoenix contenders this season. So we will see where this Kevin Durant sweepstakes ends up going. Harry, there are still destinations on this list that I think are potentially really interesting. We'll try to get to those before 10 10 o'clock Eastern. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Tune in to an Independence Day doubleheader today as the Red Sox host the Rays, followed by the Mariners at the Padres. Coverage begins at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So let's get in the baseball mood on this Independence Day. Buster Olney, ESPN baseball insider, joins us. Buster, why isn't every team playing today on this July 4th?
1: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's confusing. We had the same thing happen on Memorial Day, where you kind of look at the schedule going, now now, what's the reason why? Because it feels like that you know, every team should be in action on those particular days. And today, two of the teams that aren't in action, the two teams that aren't in action are the Yankees and the Phillies. I mean, come on, the Phillies, July 4th, right? The Yankees, let's go.
3: So, so Buster, I got to ask you, the Yankees, um, they're on pace right now to win 116 games, which would which tie the all-time wins record and uh are, do you think there's a possibility that they can actually win one hundred and sixteen games?
1: No, uh, and I'll tell you I'm a bit biased about this because I covered the the ninety eight Yankees. Uh, you know, a lot of people regard that team as the greatest team of all time. I covered it for the New York Times, and I just remember all of the ups and downs that that team had, and there were so many twists and turns through what was a phenomenal season, including a slump in September. That led to their manager Joe Torrey, yelling at them after a game in Tampa, uh, screaming at the players. Basically, look, you can't turn on turn on uh, on and off your effort like a light switch. And they were actually down two one in the uh, in the American League Championship Series. So, so many uh, things that have to happen for the Yankees to you know to to challenge the Mariners' record of 116 regular season wins, which was set in 2001. And this was the big one, and I'm really curious to see if they can continue this. Going into the year, we talked so much about their starting rotation and whether they would be hit by injuries, would they would stay together. Well, their five starting pitchers have remained intact throughout the first half of the season, and they've made 76 of uh, – started 76 of their 80 games. That's an extraordinarily high number, especially in baseball in 2022 – when teams use the injured list so liberally.
2: Well, as great as the Yankees have been, and Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining us here on KJM, as great as the Yankees have been, the Astros won all five against the Yanks. They won eight of their last 10. Would you take the Astros still in a seven-game series over the Yankees? Who gets the edge there right now?
1: I think right now, if they were to play a series, I would take the Astros. Uh, There does seem to be an edge there. Uh, You know, Jose Altuve seems to go, like, turn into the incredible Hulk now when he plays the Yankees, uh, where maybe he he turns all of that booing he's gotten and all the other words the Yankees fans throw at him uh, and, and flips that back on them. I would say for both the Astros and the Yankees, you know, we'll take a look at the two teams after we get to the trade deadline and see you know what additions are made. I don't think Joey Gallo, who's been the weakest link in the Yankees lineup in the first half of the year, I don't think he's going to be on the team after the trade deadline. I think they'll go out and get another outfielder, maybe Andrew Benintendi. Uh, you know, maybe they'll add another reliever. Maybe the Astros will add another reliever. There's some folks in the Astros organization who want a new center fielder, um, so. There's still additions to be made for both of these rosters, but there's no doubt with that great week that the Astros had uh, against the Yankees and Mets. I think it caught everybody's attention.
3: Buster, on Tuesday, the Mets are getting Max Scherzer back, and Jacob Degrom just had his first uh, rehab pitch, a uh, rehab start yesterday. What are the chances that the Mets can make the World Series if those those two guys are back in the rotation?
1: Yeah, there's there's no question about it. You know, I thought Brandon Nemo, their center fielder. Had it right a few weeks ago when he said that no matter what uh, teams add before the trade deadline, no other team is going to add what the Mets are going to add. You know, to the top uh, ten pitchers in baseball when they're healthy, and it does seem like they're getting to that point. Uh, Scherzer, you know, starting against the Reds on Tuesday night. Last night, Degrom and his rehab start uh, faced six hitters. He struck out five. He was throwing 100 miles per hour. He was reminding everybody, even though it's almost been a calendar year since he last pitched, of how great he can be. You throw those two guys at the front end of the Mets rotation, and it's a different team. You know, that said, there's no doubt also that the hottest team in baseball the last month has been the Atlanta Braves, the defending mm. champions uh, who have cut about 10 games off their deficit behind the Mets.
3: But what what would it mean for the state of New York if you can get the New York Mets to the World Series as well as the New York Yankees?
1: Uh, And I covered the 2000 uh, Subway Series between these two teams. It it would absolutely be nuts. And it's interesting because, you know, we've seen there are times in New York where the city's been a Mets town or there have been times like in the late 90s where it became a Yankees town I don't think we've ever seen in the, in the existence of the two teams together since the Mets became a, an expansion franchise in 1962 where they were both superpowers at the same time with both ownerships spending a ton of money to try to make them better. And this feels like the, this will be the first round of a lot of rounds to come where you're going to have the Mets and the Yankees going toe-to-toe, not only on the field, not only trying to win championships, but also for some of the best elite players, you know, whether it's Aaron Judge and free agents in the offseason or Shohei Otani after next year or Juan Soto. And I think that only underscores how great that, uh, that great that rivalry will be.
2: Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining us here on KJAM. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. So we are talking a lot about the New York Mets, but the Dodgers have the best record in the entire NL. Should they be the favorite then? If we're talking world, way too early World Series predictions, Buster, should the Dodgers be the favorite right now?
1: Okay, so among a lot of other stupid picks that I made before the season started, I picked the Atlanta Braves to go back to the World Series, and I'll stand on that. I think mm. that is a really dangerous team that's going to get better as this season goes along. Yes, the Mets are getting Scherzer and DeGrom back, and that that'll be extraordinary. But when you look at the you know the depth of what the Braves have, I, I think they're the best team. And the Dodgers are in an in, in interesting place. You know, they've been the preeminent team in the National League basically for the last five or six years. But this year, you know, what they've essentially have to do as we go down the stretch is hope that some of their guys, their veterans, start to get better. For example, example Cody Bellinger, who was the MVP a few years ago, he just hasn't been the same. They need him to get turned around. They need some bullpen solutions because they've got some holes developing there. Uh, and the sense of uh, that I get from other teams is, they don't think the Dodgers will make the big aggressive move like they made in recent years before the trade deadline when they got you Darvish and then Manny Machado, then last year Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. They don't think the Dodgers are coming down with a trade deadline hammer like they have in the past.
2: Buster Olney joining us here at ESPN Baseball Insider. Uh, Buster, what is the trade market looking like right now as the playoff picture is slowly starting to take shape?
1: Yeah, it's probably not going to be as startling, Amber, as it's been uh, at times. But some clear needs are, are developing among some of the contenders. For example, there seems to be a competition for left-handed hitting outfielders. Blue Jays need that guy. The Yankees need that guy. And there's some teams developing acute needs at starting pitcher. And the team, I think, at the top of that list, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who have a lot of great things going on with the, the, their club, Great young players, deep lineup, excellent bullpen, but they have a clear need for a number one, number two type starter. Uh, Frankie Montas of the Oakland Athletics, I think generally speaking, has been considered to be the number one starting pitcher available, but he had to come out of his game yesterday with what uh, the A's were saying was with, with some shoulder stiffness. His velocity was down a couple of miles per hour. That's going to be a name worth watching. The Cincinnati Reds are in sell mode. Uh, Chicago Cubs, maybe Kyle Hendricks gets moved before the deadline. Uh, There will be a lot of focus on starting pitching for some of the contenders.
3: Buster, Aaron Judge leads the Major League Baseball with 29 home runs. How many will he finish with this season?
1: Harry, I've got him under 60. uh, But, (laughs) I mean, I'm hoping like crazy he keeps on this pace because you and I know Mm -hmm. that if he continues, you know, where it looks like he's got a shot at 60-61, It's going to be a lot like it was in 98 with McGuire and Sosa where, you know, we're going to have cut-ins on SportsCenter for his plate appearances uh, because there's going to be a lot of excitement about that. No one's hit 60 since Barry Bonds uh, and Sammy Sosa did in 2001. Uh, And what timing for Aaron Judge going into free agency? You know, he bet on himself in a big way by turning down the Yankees' $213.5 million offer uh, back in in April, and it's like he's checking every box: production, leadership, face of the franchise, everything. Uh, and if he's gonna, you know, really push the Yankees around negotiations, he's gonna need an inspired owner of another team to come after him to drive those number maybe up to three hundred million.
2: Finally here, Buster, the most important question of all. So brace yourself. What is on the Buster Only July 4th menu? Are you a hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill kind of man?
1: That's ex- there's no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Onion rings for sure. Uh, yeah, and you got to throw some cheddar cheese, Vermont cheddar cheese on the burger.
2: Ooh, must be Vermont. All right. Well, there you have it. Buster Only ESPN <laughs> Baseball Insider. Thanks, Buster, for stopping by thanks guys coming up next why one nba free agency move might have tipped the balance of the entire league we will explain this is kjm with amber wilson and harry douglas
1: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
5: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's lectric ebikes.com
6: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on this July 4th on KJM ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always give us a shout on the call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You got the old school R&B jams. You got Harry Douglas dancing. By the way, Harry Douglas was dancing to Buster Olney's baseball takes. With us in the last segment because Buster only said that his pick in the NL to go to the World Series was the Atlanta Braves. I had never seen anybody without music at all. Like you dancing right now makes <laughs> sense Harry. I had never seen anybody just dance to a Buster Only baseball take. I mean, they're hot takes. So I'm not blaming you for it. But you thought that that I'm take high. was the hottest. takes. So you were hype.
3: I'm you high on hype. my Braves. I'm You're high, hype. I'm high I'm high on my Braves. Not literally high, but I'm high on the Braves. I'm hype on my Braves. Michael Harris, the second man, he's come on strong for the Atlanta Braves. Um Matt Olson has really filled the void for Freddie Freeman, and there hasn't been a drop off. So I'll just stop it right there.
2: Uh before you go down a path here into you, uh, more you know Atlanta me. Braves you talk. I wasn't me. actually trying to set you up for that. I'm just trying to set you up. For all the hype and all the vibes that you got going on on this Independence <laughs> Day, thank you all for joining us on a holiday. We have been unpacking a ton on today's show when it comes to not just baseball, but also all the NFL storylines and everything NBA offseason as well. Because NBA free agency is the gift that keeps on giving. The Kevin Durant sweepstakes, also the gift that keeps on giving. If you miss any of it, you can always check out the podcast on the. ESPN app. For all things NBA, we bring in our friend Andre Snellings, ESPN NBA senior writer joining us. Dre, happy July 4th. Let's start with what do you think so far is the most impactful NBA offseason move so far? Pre-KD pre move, what's been the most impactful <laughs> one?
0: Well, so far. Well, first of all, y'all brought me on to If It in Love, new edition. Um, that was I'm just I'm for you, playing.
2: by the way. That's what. That's why. That's that's why you got the jams. That was just for you, Joy. We know you're
0: vibing off that. That was my first concert, nineteen eighty eight. Indie Heartbreak Tour. Um, I think by far the most impactful move so far has been Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves, and I honestly can't figure out why my more people aren't talking about it. I think that with that one move, the Timberwolves have put themselves at the very top of the Western Conference. Um, you know the Golden State Warriors; they're they're the incumbent, so you know they, they they get their respect. But I think this that move shot the Timberwolves past the Suns, past the Grizzlies, probably past even the healthy Clippers to to be the biggest challenge to the Warriors out west. And no one seems to really be uh, discussing it.
2: So Andre Snelling's first concert ever, new edition. Harry Douglas, what was your first? Con- Mine was Paul at Dual Color Me Bad. What was your first concert ever, Harry Douglas? You remember?
3: Tia. T.I. So yeah, was in your his first ha-
2: concert? Wait, was it, in, what was this, 2010?
3: In his, in his heyday, When you started going
2: to concerts?
3: No, you got to understand. I'm You feel me? Amber. Oh, I'm okay, gonna, y'all, I'm going, y'all are I'm, way back there. We, yeah, we taking it to the hood. That's
2: Atlanta. Well, that's Atlanta. That's Atlanta yeah. for you. That's, you feel a, that's, me? that's yeah. a Harry Douglas growing up the in Atlanta A-T-A-L
3: type shot. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dre, I, I, want, I want to piggyback on what you're saying. So, the only reason why I would not have the Minnesota Timberwolves there at the top is because their point guard play. Not saying I don't believe in D'Angelo Russell, but some of the things that I've seen, especially from him against the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoff game, understanding pace as a point guard, understanding who needs the ball in certain moments as a point guard, understanding that you just can't jack up shots and shoot up anything, especially in a playoff series that's so important to your team from that position. That's why I wouldn't put them there. It's because of the point guard play Uh, from D'Angelo Russell and and how he needs to mature more at that position?
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And, you know, playmaking is the biggest potential weakness, I think, on this team. Um, D'Angelo Russell, he does need to mature. You know, um, I will say, watching the Timberwolves last season, he was taking strides towards maturing that I had never seen from him before. Um, He had always been more of a scorer, in my opinion, than a point guard. But last season, especially once Anthony Edwards came on and with Carl anthony Pounds, it, it seemed that, that Russell was willing to take more of a backseat as a scorer uh, more often to try to set up his teammates. And I, I think that was an important uh, step for him uh, along this pathway. But when I just look at what the Timberwolves were already, like they were winning and they were one of the exciting young teams in the NBA based on the strength of their offense, based on the strength of being able to put more points on the board than almost, you know, than most of their opponents. Mm-hmm. Now, you add Rudy Gobert to that, who's the best defensive player. Him and Draymond Green are the two best defensive players of this generation. And Gobert is just a huge impact guy. He's the only – so Steph Curry and LeBron James are the only two players in the last three seasons to finish ahead of Gobert in a, a real plus-minus in all three of those seasons. Like, he's just a huge impact guy. So, you, you take that Timberwolves team I saw last season – and give them a defense, and it doesn't even really change their style that much because their their former power forward, Vanderbilt, played a lot like a traditional center. So you just upgrade that position, give them an outstanding defense to go with that strong offense, I think they're going to be tough to beat.
3: I like it. Now, which move do you think was bigger in NBA free agency? Was it Gobert going to the Timberwolves or Malcolm Brogdon going to the Boston Celtics?
0: I think the Gobert move was bigger because it moved the needle further. Like the um, the Brogdon move was was also highly underrated in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I, I I was on a um, NBA free agency special the Sunday before free agency began, and um, I was talking with Nuno, the producer, on the air about you know what the Celtics needed to do to to uh, you know step up from where they were uh, and have a better chance to win a championship. And we, we both agreed that point guard and playmaking was their big weakness. And on the air, we, we literally said, what they need to do is make a move for a point guard like Malcolm Brogdon. And then four days later, they <laughs> literally signed Malcolm Brogdon. So I, I think he gives them exactly what they need. You know, you pair him with Marcus Smart in the backcourt. They've got a lot more playmaking, and that can keep the ball a bit out of Tatum and Brown's hands um, in high-pressure situations. So that you don't see so many turnovers like we saw in the finals, which ultimately led to their downfall. So I think that was a big move, but I think that team was already championship caliber, obviously, whereas the Timberwolves were not. And now I think they are.
2: Andre Snellings, ESPN, NBA senior writer, joining us here on KJM, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. Dre, we have been talking, of course, a ton about the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, right? It's the gift that keeps on giving to sports radio. Mark Spears had this crazy idea that KD should return to the Warriors. We were getting reports that apparently the Warriors are interested. I mean, listen, 29 should be interested in Kevin Durant, right? But what is your reaction to the idea that KD could return to the Warriors?
0: You know, Mark is my big brother at ESPN, so, you know, if he says it, then, you know, I'm like, hey, that's what it is. I personally have trouble imagining uh, Durant back on the Warriors. It just feels like for, for both Durant to the Warriors and all of the rumors of Kyrie going to the Lakers to to join LeBron, it feels like it would just be a rewind, you know, right? Like four years ago or so, um, both of those players were in that situation and it really felt like both players wanted to break out from that situation. The Kyrie wanted to get out from underneath LeBron's shadow, and the KD wanted to go to his own team and, and win a championship uh, separate from Steph and Dre and Clay. And so, if four years later, after not having done it on their own, both of them were to go back to their original situations, like my my, my brain can't accept that. It just made you know, it just feels like like something's popping in my head every time I think about it. My but, brain can't I mean, accept. The Warriors- yeah, yeah so my brain can't accept it either, it. right?
2: It seems crazy. I can't – KD's brain's not going to be able to accept it either, Andre, right? I mean, there's yeah, no way. I mean,
0: I, I don't see it happening. But, you know, I, I think, like you said, all 29 have to be interested. The Warriors could put a great package together if they wanted to. So, at least I'm sure it's worth discussing.
2: Okay, two two things here on the way out, because we are up against it. Uh, one, where's KD going? <laughs> uh, and also, uh, but far, far more importantly, what is on the menu for July 4th in the Andre Snellings household?
0: Oh, yeah, first of all, um, the, the the menu. We've got two barbecues today, uh, one at my mom's house and one at my mother-in-law's house. So uh, we're going to be eating good. As far as where KD's going to end up, I kind of feel like even though they don't have the best package to put together, it might end up being Miami. You know, Pat Riley seems to get what he wants. And uh, I could imagine that 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 he he would like at age seventy seven to have another shot at the championship Woo. with a player like Kevin Durant.
2: Oh, Dre, you know I'm dancing to that. Woo! Celebrate, you just made my Independence Day. Let's hope you are right, Andre Snellings, ESPN an NBA senior writer. Thanks, Dre, for joining us.
0: All right, y'all have a good one.
2: Woo. That, that take Harry. Di- that was like Buster Olney's take about the Braves for you in the World Series. I don't, I don't right? mind going
3: down to Miami more often, Amber. You know, we can link either. up Let's down go. there, you know, like we did at the Hawks game versus the Heat. But oh, I want to go down to the Miami- just, South, Beach. like Stephen, South, even stay, South Beach.
2: Possibility.
3: I want to go to South Beach.
2: We can figure out that <laughs> whole Bam can't be traded to the Nets thing. By the way, what you can ship Ben Simmons down? That takes care of that whole problem too. We'll take him. Sure, you know what like Kyrie too. We'll just take them all. <laughs> Coming up next, though, the free agency move that we think will have the biggest impact, we will let you know what that is. This is Kate, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
4: Amber
2: Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys here on KJM. It is July 4th, Harry Douglas. And we obviously doing this morning show today, you and I are working, which we're very fortunate to be able to do that, hang out, talk sports, right? It's those guys that are missing out for enjoying their holiday without the work. But we knew that we were going to have to, of course, do this morning show. So I knew I was getting up at, you know, like four in the morning. And so last night I get into bed early and I'm thinking, all right, you know, I used to host a morning show every single day. So I know, I know the deal. You want to try to get into bed a reasonable mm-hmm. hour, like early, you know, like eight 30, try to wind yourself down be asleep before 10 p.m. if you could do it and like 9:45 the fireworks in my neighborhood they just start people are just lighting off fireworks. Like It's like there's, you know, gunshots outside is what it sounds like. The, my dog's going nuts because my poor dog, and my old dog, he's like <laughs> totally terrified by fireworks. So he's freaking out in my room. And I was thinking there's zero chance I'm going to get sleep tonight. And I found myself very annoyed by the fireworks situation. How do you feel about fireworks?
3: Well, it was a problem in my household. I used to love them. But both of my kids who are now six and then my son will be three on July 6th. Are scared of fireworks and the sounds that they make so guess who had to sleep in me and my wife's bed last night both of games. my kids because ah. of the, the sounds from the fireworks and stuff like that so um, I am not a huge fan of it anymore I used to be but my, it, it doesn't put my kids in a good spot we went to Disney World one time right Disney World we took before my son was born we took my daughter my son was in my, do- my, my wife's belly and we had to leave because of the fireworks and my daughter spazzing out like, so that's how bad it is. Both of them, they hate fireworks. They hate the they loud need to noises. You to
2: toughen up a little bit, Harry. Du- First of, I, of all, I mean, listen, you can't totally well, hate. Listen. Like, I'm over here complaining, sounding old, because I had to get up at 4 a.m. But you can't hate fireworks as an American, particularly well, not on July well, they, 4th.
3: Well, if they, I if like they ruffle my fireworks. Kids, if they ruffle my kids' feathers, yes, I can. Listen, I'll, my t- daughter.
2: Toughen up a little. You've gotten soft
1: since you left the NFL.
3: Well, you know what? I'll tell my daughter what you said, Pat. You know she loves to fight. She, I'm pretty sure she Well, that's exactly
2: up. what I was going to say about your daughter. The little bit I know about your daughter. Oh, yeah. She seems like a, a, a budding woman who could handle herself some fireworks. Like That's we need the to get, weird
3: part. We that's need the to take her. Part. We need to
2: expose her to some more fireworks or something, Harry Douglas. Now, your son is my son's age. Your son's mm-hmm. just about to turn three. My son just turned three. I don't really know how my son feels about fireworks, to be honest with you. He <laughs> hasn't really been exposed to many fireworks. He was asleep last night before they started going off and— and I, uh, thankfully, he stayed asleep. So come to think of it, I'm not sure he's really been around fire. But your daughter, she's like five. Isn't she, Harry? She's, she's six. Old enough. She's six.
3: But six. She'll look, listen, she, listen, she, she's a tough one. No, she's a tough one. Like, she'll, she'll fight any and everybody if y'all <laughs> make her watch fireworks. I'm telling you now.
2: But that's going to be her kryptonite is setting <laughs> off the fireworks. That's as far as the toughness goes. <laughs> Harry and I are too busy dancing to talk. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> in and Harry Douglas Get it, get it. Amber Wilson uh. Harry Douglas hanging out with you on this July 4th on KJM. Thanks for joining us. You can give us a call to actually join the conversation on the call-in line at 888 espn 888 We are happy that you are spending your holiday morning with us. There's also a lot of teams in the NBA that are happy about new players joining those rosters. And one of those teams were the the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, we just had on Andre Snellings. If you miss any of the show today, we are taking you up until 10 o'clock Eastern. We have been on air since 6 o'clock Eastern. If you miss any of us, go ahead and check out the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast on the ESPN app. But Andre Snellings said something interesting there that you took a little bit of an issue with because you pressed him, Harry Douglas, like the consummate journalist that you are, right? You pressed him (laughs) and you asked him The tough questions because he said that the Wolves he thinks the acquisition of Rudy Gobert to that Minnesota team is the biggest move so far in the pre KD moving NBA offseason. And you seem to not agree with that. I actually tend to agree with him that I actually think that was a huge move for Minnesota. Now I'm not saying they won an NBA title in the Rudy Gobert era, but I think that is an incredibly improved team. I think a huge loss for Dallas that they didn't get in on the Rudy Gobert sweepstakes. I thought that Dallas really, really could have used that elite defensive help.
3: Well, I didn't agree when he said that the Wolves should probably be the favorites in the West. I didn't agree with that. Because I don't think when you, when you look at pace-wise and you, when you get to those moments, and the proof is in the pudding because we've seen it against the Memphis Grizzlies. Your point guard, you have to understand pace of the game. And we've seen it happen to the Boston Celtics. When you don't have a point guard – Uh, at that position who can get guys the ball in the sweet spot because this is not a one-game series that you're going into. This is a seven-game series, and in a seven-game series, the opposing team understands every play that you're running and everything that you want to do. So controlling the pace of the game is key and ideal for a team winning a championship. That's why you see a Steph Curry. That's why you see a Rajon Rondo when he was with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics, being able to orchestrate things and get LeBron the ball and A.D., Uh, the basketball in their sweet spots, those type of things. Kyle Lowry, when he was in Toronto, they were able to do those types of things, and I don't think D'Lo is at that level yet. Now, is he going to be able to grow? Yes. Has he been growing? Yes, but I don't think it's to the point of where you can just say the Minnesota Timberwolves are the favorites because let me tell you this. You look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they're going against the Golden State Warriors, right? I'm putting Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll every damn time down the court. I'm putting D'Angelo Russell. I'm isolating him every damn time down the court. I'm, 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 I'm picking on those two guys. Russell.
2: I feel like that's what I, I learned also no, 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 when no, we I, were talking to Andre Sellings because you were pretty down on the development of, of well, D'Angelo Russell. I don't, I don't
3: like hate him. It's just that just watching certain things in a basketball game that a point guard should understand and should know. It's not like he's in year two or three. He's been in the league for a while now, right? You have to understand at the end of the game. We don't want you shooting the last damn shot. We want Anthony Edwards or Carr Anthony Towns shooting the last shot. Those are things that I've seen in the playoffs. And those are another reasons why the Memphis Grizzlies were able to come back from being so many points down in in multiple games in that series is because they don't understand pace and how to do certain things and when to slow the basketball down and when to get guys to basketball and not just shoot crazy shots. So when I look at that and I look at other teams – in the uh, Western Conference, you look at a Reggie Jackson, you look at a John Wall. How are you going to pick the Minnesota Timberwolves over the Los Angeles Clippers with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George and a healthy? Clippers team have a the best roster in the NBA. Yes, healthy. He's coming healthy. back this year. He's going to play. Yeah, because let's, let's, let's talk about Kawhi Leonard when he's, he's healthy. The whole season. Kawhi Leonard won an NBA championship with the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard won an NBA championship with the Toronto Raptors. So when he is healthy, mm-hmm. he is one of the most dominant players and a top 10 player in the NBA. Let's not when? forget that.
2: No, I, yeah. I listen, I'm not at all negating the greatness of Kawhi Leonard. I'm just negating the health Of that Clippers team because we never see it and we never all see it come together at any given time. So it's hard to believe that we're going to see it for an entire season, although that that roster, uh, that roster always looks like a monster, though, frankly in Los Angeles. I think that this Timberwolves team, I think the addition of Rudy Gobert, I actually do agree with Andre that I think it's huge. I'm not saying it's win the Western Conference huge. I think it's huge like build off their playoff appearance last season, huge continue to build around Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. They they Cat to that extension. I just think that they're headed in the right direction for what outside of Gobert is a young, fun f- building franchise. I think that they are becoming a formidable opponent in the West. What about what the Celtics have done? Because – I would maybe put that on the list of biggest moves in the pre-moving KD NBA offseason. Because Kevin Durant, wherever, I mean, that's going to be the biggest move, right, of the NBA offseason. But before that goes down, Malcolm Brogdon, most notably, I mean, you get Gallinari as well to the C's. But Malcolm Brogdon, we know that they so desperately needed a point guard. And now you've got Brogdon there at that guard position, Harry. I think it's huge for... For a Boston team that you know essentially got brogged in for a first round pick for that a bag will of la- that's going right that's going <laughs> to land in the mid to late twenties and and he's really good and he he adds also to Boston's ridiculously ridiculously stacked defense like the Celtics got better
3: and you have another guy at that position that is big and long and a two way player uh, when you look at the Boston Celtics this year and you've seen throughout the playoffs the turnovers. When they had 16-plus, you've seen the record um, not be good. When they didn't have those turnovers, they were tremendous. But you've also seen in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors team, like I just mentioned, when you don't have that point guard that can orchestrate things, and you're playing against an elite team like the Golden State Warriors, they can make you look silly because they're so good defensively as well, and you turn the basketball over. Now you have a Malcolm Brogdon, not saying that he's going to orchestrate everything within the offense, but he's a guy that can have the basketball in his hands and make plays and also set other guys up. Is he a traditional natural point guard like we see from Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo and guys like that? No, he's not. But he's also a guy that can provide scoring and can knock down open shots when he's on the basketball court.
2: What do you think about – the uh, what do you think about the addition of Atlanta getting Dejounte Murray because they I, gave up I a lot for him? I mean, the Hawks are in your backyard. They gave up a lot for him, but to me, that's also a huge addition to a team that really disappointed in the postseason this season. But we know what they did <laughs> the season before with Trey.
3: You had to throw that in, yes, so me, mean, and Amber. I mean, they disappoint
2: me <laughs> as a Miami Heat fan. <laughs> believe that. Well,
3: I was we're disappointed because be I, I thought I thought they were going to win more than one game. But what it also showed is what I thought about the. The Hawks is that Trey Young needs another Batman. I mean, another a Robin to his Batman. Right now, they got to continue to build around. Who says Kevin Durant shouldn't go down there to Atlanta? What? Oh, right here in Atlanta. Oh, I said it here first.
2: What are we talking about? Let's go to Miami, KD, okay? it's uh, Let's let's spend a little time there uh, <laughs> close to South Beach. Cause, I by the Philly's way, Philly's
5: pretty cool this time of Beach.
2: year. Oh, Philly, Philly. Well, what's funny about that, actually, Pat, is I intended to get to the whole 76ers potential angle of a Kevin Durant trade. So maybe we'll unpack that coming up.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
5: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.